episode 48, Fracking Skulls. Welcome, everyone. We have a special guest with us today. Uh, I, I'm going to introduce you to my second banana, uh, Monoxide, and our special guest returning to the Fracture Skulls podcast, this time by herself, but it's all good. It's Otto. <laughs> Hello. Yes. Now, Onto the movie. Don't worry. I hate me, too. <laughs> well, we, we have reviewed Capcom before on this podcast. We talked about Street Fighter and how a big money-hungry corporation loves to make more money, even that means not staying true to their source material. None makes a better example than Resident Evil. But before <laughs> we get to that film, uh, recently on Netflix, they just released the uh, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness series. Um, we talked about the trailers on the um, Geekiest Nerds, me and Anto. And the trailers looked pretty good. I was hyped to see the series. Yeah, me too. And then the series got released uh, this week on Netflix, along with uh, Fear Street. Uh, that little uh, That's another review. And overall, I guess, you know what, Monoxa, I guess we'll let you go first, since you're kind of more the casual viewer of this. I have some knowledge of Resident Evil, not a whole lot. Like, the one that I played the most, I think nobody in this room is going to be shocked when I say it is Resident Evil 4. Uh, I was never really a fan of the controls to the games where it's like you got to press up and down for the guy to spin around and then left and right for him to go forward or back. Never really was a fan of that style. Um, Plus, survival horror is not my thing because I have bad anxiety and jump scares will just make me want to ship myself and throw the controller at the TV. So, But Resident Evil 4, for some reason hit all the boxes but as far as the infinite darkness is concerned um it, it was in there was infinite shit in it i will give it that um i, I shouldn't say shit it was boring it was nothing like like I, there used to be a youtuber back in the days who used to say that i would rather watch martha stewart make blinds from shelf paper than watch this series because that's the, what I saw. I mean, it had two prominent Resident Evil characters. You had Claire Redfield and uh, Leon, Leon Kennedy. And I'm like, okay, you don't need to shovel all the characters. You don't need Albert Wesker. You don't need Jill Valentine. You don't need Carlos. You don't need all those characters. But I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what I watched. I felt like I watched nothing. Didn't didn't feel what was this was this supposed to be like a spinoff or something or its own story like can somebody fill it in for me is because maybe that's just the casual part of me kicking in um i guess now i know the story the the show takes place in 2006 i'm assuming the games resident evil it takes place i think they say between resident evils four and six yeah it does take it does take place after four because they bring up the fact that leon uh rescued the president's daughter which is the prominent story of four he's trying to save the daughter matter of fact that was the only thing i hated about that game was that you had to keep protecting her and then she would get kidnapped <laughs> again and then you gotta rescue her and then you gotta kidnap again um, yeah it takes place i think four months after resident evil 4 and yeah and and if i'm correct technically resident evil 4 they weren't technically zombies they were just like infected people or some shit um, yeah it was like the first one that i think didn't have like strictly like t-virus zombies because well the t-virus was eradicated mm-hmm. like uh, in two which technically happens after three. Oh, it does wait wait so wait well, 
You do, like, in, in Resident Evil 3, sorry, in Resident Evil 3, you get the cure for T-Virus. So technically the T-Virus, I don't think, come back, comes back at all. Because you cure it in Resident Evil 3. So Resident Evil 4 is something, it's like a new technology that the Europeans have. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, now it makes sense. Because I thought you said that Resident Evil 2, the events of Resident Evil 2 happened before It's 3. like, they not- both kind of happen, like, it's like the same night. Because, like, when Leon and Claire get to Raccoon City, like, everything's gone to shit already. Like, the apocalypse, let's say, has happened mm-hmm. already. And that apocalypse, you see it develop in Resident Evil 3 with Jill. Yeah, that's the one with Nemesis. Yes, uh, correct. The, yes. Yeah. guy that is so uh, threatening and, and brutal that in the movies it only took a woman to beat him up. But that's for another <laughs> day. Um, that's for the next film. Yeah, I hope to God we don't review that. Are we going to review that? <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, buddy, we're going through the whole series. <laughs> <laughs> so hold up, hold up. I grant this audience and the and the people within this podcast great movies like Black Devil Doll from Hell and Wood Chipper Massacre. And the price that I get paid is this shit. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm done. I'm I I I think I'm handing in my notice. I want to be released and re- and. Wish well my future endeavors. That being said, uh, going back to what I was saying, so or what you guys were saying, Infinite Darkness. So this takes place shortly after four. Even with that being said, now we kind of have an idea of where the this story takes place. It still did not make me hyped at all. It, it was very boring. First of all, why was it even a like an episodic show? I mean, it was short enough that it could have just been a short movie or a movie in general. It was an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. I don't get it. That that didn't make sense. Unless their plan is to make more episodes and this first season was like a pilot to see how well it would do. But I, I would think it would do well because, I mean, look at the Resident Evil movies. They made six of them. Yeah. How is something because each movie lost money? <laughs> I don't think any of them any of them made even like the budget i'm pretty sure and if one of them did it was probably two uh i i guess i'll go next with this series um i agree <laughs> with you <laughs> i i agree with you monoxide this i don't know why it was split into episodes each episode was about 25 minutes you could have made a short movie out of it instead i mean it's one thing they would have like released it weekly but even then, I don't know if people would have been satisfied. Like, fuck, we waited four weeks just to see this. They could have easily just, again, they could have just, the same argument could have been made. I was surprised it was only four episodes because af- after I watched three episodes, I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a break, watch another three tomorrow. Until I saw there was only four, I was like, oh, shit, I could watch this, finish this right now. When I texted Anto, but I'm like, all right, this is going to probably take her maybe a whole weekend. I didn't know it was <laughs> yeah. only four episodes. It took her like two hours. But it just felt... Like the animation, it felt like it was all cutscenes from a video game. They just put all the cutscenes together and make a movie. Yeah. The, the animation was fine. I had no issues with that. I'm glad they used the same voice actors from the, uh, the second game, the remastered uh, Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. But again, it just felt like nothing happened. Nothing really, like, nothing really happened. I, and I felt Claire got the worst because she, at the end of the last episode, she was a damsel in distress. She had to get rescued. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to say two things. Here's the thing. My expectations 
for a piece of film slash television media in the Resident Evil world were so low. You don't understand how low they were. I I grinded through those films. The expectations were incredibly low. That I actually did not mind the show. I didn't love it. it it's a terrible show. I, like, I think there were some lines where I was like, why are you saying this? The dialogue is really bad. And at times, very video gamey. Like, there's a moment where, like, Claire's talking to a child, and the child's not... It's, like, the first scene or the second scene, and the child's not replying, and some guy shows up, and it's like, he's mute. He can't talk. You can't... You don't have to explain to me what mute means. (laughs) That second part of the line was completely useless. I know what mute means. Then I'm just going to explain, like, the context of this show is, like, this year is the 25th anniversary since Resident Evil 1, the first game, came out. So they're doing all of these things. I think they're trying to, like, revive the franchise in America, mostly. Like, so they did, like, um, they did Resident Evil 8. They did the uh, Dead by Daylight chapter of Resident Evil. They did this show. They're doing the new film, like, they're doing a lot of the projects as a like just to celebrate the 25th anniversary. I think this show, as short as it was, I do agree that it could have been a film. I don't think that a lot of people would have sat down for a film. I think when it's a TV show, people are more willing to sit down because they'll be like, I'll watch an episode and if it's good, I'll stay. And if it's not, I'll just. But like, I feel like a film sometimes is a little bit more of a commitment um, for audiences. Um, so I think this was just a test run because they did leave it kind of like open-ended. And so I think it was just of a test run to see if like it would succeed if they could just make something out of this with Netflix. I think it will. I mean, I think it kind of like did well. It was in like the top 10 in Netflix for like a few days and everything. Even with like Fear Street coming out and like all of these things releasing on Netflix. So I think it did kind of well. However. uh my favorite character in the entire Resident Evil franchise is Claire Redfield. And they did her such a disservice. Such a disservice. Claire Redfield is a badass. And she didn't do anything the entire series. Didn't do a thing. She's the one that like fights William Birking. She fights. She I mean she she comes across like Mr. X. She like does everything in the second game and like in the other games that like are older like revelations 2 like she does so much and they just like did her so dirty she doesn't do a single thing this entire film this entire series the only thing she does is break out of a chair with tape and then leon's like oh go distract him and she handles a few things and two seconds later she's like out for the count why I was so mad at that. I was really, really mad at that. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I can't, it felt like they put her in there because, hey, you know, Claire and Leon's relationship. Resident Evil, let's put Claire somewhere. But she isn't really even, like, a relationship. Loving each other, but, you know, there's, there's, they have a connection. They have a connection, but in that game, like, Leon spends more time with Ada than with Claire. Mm-hmm, yeah, true. So, let me, um, play the, uh, 
I don't know what devil's advocate is the right word, but asshole who likes the movie and doesn't like the person criticizing the character. Because I, mm -hmm. I, I just want to see someone else's perspective. Oh, who cares if, if Claire wasn't presented the same way as she was in the game? As long as it's still a good written piece of art, who cares if it ain't the same? But Sometimes, it's not. There you go. No, but like... Can, <laughs> Can you agree with me that sometimes you should be uh, stick to the material that's in the game oh, because... A thousand percent. A thousand percent agree with you. I don't mm -hmm. know why they deviate sometimes. And like and like you said, like, like you, you were playing the devil's advocate or whatever term we want to use for that. If it was a good written piece of thing, like piece of film, that'd be great. But like I still don't know what the motivation for that uh, Titan was. The, the monster at the end, all he said was, I want to show you fear. Why? What is your point? I, I still don't know what he wanted out of the world. He, he said he wanted to expose their uh, conspiracies, uh, uh, whatever, uh -huh. to the world. And that's what they were going to do. But then he would be like, no, I want to show you fear. And then he never said anything other than, they will see fear. I want to show you fear. That's literally all he said. I kept expecting him to, like, explain what he meant by that or at least show something and hey. nothing came and then he hey, died Travis. Travis yeah you, you and I can relate to this because what she just said reminds me of an old angle 10 years ago in wrestling when Wade Barrett who was the leader of the Nexus the one thing he kept saying was that the Nexus is all part of a bigger picture did he ever once reveal what that bigger picture was in the whole year that angle went on? No, they, it never came to that conclusion. Never came to that moment. You know, matter of fact, there was one point where Nexus buried the Undertaker in, in a grave, and an Undertaker came back and never once confronted any of those Nexus they members they for no burying. No, they ignored it. Can you see where? People like us, when we see something inconsistent like that, it makes us scratch our heads wondering what the hell is going on. Now, see, that was the least of my worries because I was looking at it again as a casual and I was just bored throughout. So I barely even was able to retain most of the information other than, uh, yeah, Jason was one of the characters that was quasi good, but quasi yeah. not good, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like. He had good intentions, but he went about it the wrong way, but he just didn't really express it all that well. I don't even know. Like, when he turned into this whatever, this whatever beast that he titan. became. It's yeah, this titan. titan, yeah, titan like, similar to when uh, in Batman Arkham Asylum, when uh, Joker started injecting all those prisoners and they started getting all beefed up. At this point, he could have just had... Uh, like, it just looked like a very poor man's knockoff of Nemesis. I could be wrong. I'm not a gamer in the Resident Evil world, so I can't say. But that's what I it mean, reminds me. I mean, Nemesis is a Titan. I think they just, like, they wanted to include a Titan in the way, like, Nemesis, like, Mr. X or everything. But they just wanted to create one new so, like, they wouldn't just use the same characters. Uh, and they just created this one and it didn't pay off at all. Yeah, they wanted they wanted a big baddie in the end, as like the big final boss, and didn't pay off. Didn't anything at all. <laughs> but it just it felt so rushed. It was only four episodes. I wish it, it did feel very rushed. Yeah, it did. 
I mean, if they would have at least given us maybe another four episodes fleshing the story out better, I would have been more acceptable for it. Now, let me say I didn't hate it. I was at the same beginning to end. I just wasn't. I wasn't. I just wasn't invested in the story. Just felt like when I finished, I was like, eh. You know what else is on? Maybe it's just me. Can you name me one memorable kill in this whole entire movie, or like one memorable death scene other than uh, Jason as the Titan? Like, I don't remember anything. Only thing I remember, I remember the rats in the. um... Oh, the rats were cool. I, I felt these four episodes was all flash, no bang. It was like, yeah, there was a lot of, like, cool imagery when it comes to killing, but not enough substance for me to care about the kills. Just mainly because I didn't care about the story. The story just didn't uh, entice me. It enticed me in the beginning. Well, hold up. Let me let me clarify. I was invested in the beginning when they when they got all of the big names there and they and Leon was late. And they were mm-hmm. hyping up Leon to finally make his appearance. And I was really hyped to see him because he's the one character out of the Resident Evil franchise I'm invested in because he was in the game that I liked. Yeah. So I was really excited to see him. And I liked it better that they had me wait for him to finally appear. That's that's good. Like, you're going to build it up. And yeah. I was really stoked about that. And then he finally appeared. And then it was just like, well, he's here. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, lovely weather we're having, huh? That, that was <laughs> how I felt. I, I didn't know where to go from there. Just, just The story just didn't drag me in at all. In fact, I would argue, even though it wasn't good, we'll get to that. I was more intrigued by the movie that we're about to review, maybe for the wrong reasons, than this, because... This was just more boring. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It just didn't drag. It didn't capture my attention. So, would you guys recommend this series to a uh, fan or a non-casual fan at all? Any capacity? I feel like it's short enough that you could recommend it. It's not a huge commitment. That's true. Uh, it's, uh, as I mentioned, and if anything, if anything, I do agree with you, Travis, that the animation is actually really good. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I, I don't. I can only speak for myself in this regard. It's really odd for me to say. I don't want to sit here and say, "Don't give it a try." Maybe there's somebody out there that may be intrigued by it. Because yeah, the uh, the art artwork is very fantastic. Everything was fine in that department, but it was just I don't know. Maybe there is elements of Resident Evil from the games that are quite intriguing i do like the story about uh the virus escaping into raccoon city and all that stuff it's it's intriguing maybe i would have loved it more if they had the actual voice acting from the first resident evil then it would have been perfect but unfortunately these voice actors actually tried to be voice actors (laughs) oh you wanted more of a b-level you are almost going to become a jill sandwich type voice acting (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that voice acting in Resident Evil 1 is 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 emotion-driven, okay? It's like Titanic Academy Award winning. I don't know what you're talking about. I guess I guess we'll get to the movie now, but before I, I guess I get in my rant, patreon.com slash the chillin' network, $1. Listen to this episode along with other great past episodes. 
This guy, well, we're also on Instagram at Just Chillin' Network. Twitter, Just Chillin' Net. Find us on Facebook, Just Chillin' Network. Follow Monoxide on Instagram at Owen underscore heart underscore guy. Follow him on Twitter, Monoxide YouTube. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Silent Poison. Anto, uh, you got a Twitter? Uh, not really. Not really. I have an Instagram. She has an Instagram. My name and my last name, Anto Parodi. Follow her on there. I was going to say follow her in real life for real somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I Please don't. don't. I don't condone don't stalking. Do that. <laughs> I do not condone stalking. It was a joke. It was a joke. Believe me, nobody knows jokes like me. Okay, go on. All right. Now that's done. Now we get to the movie. Resident Evil. Now we mentioned how the first game, that the voice acting's terrible. It's it's oh, based, the whole the, the whole the first game is almost like a B level rated horror movie. So how hard could it be to make an actual feature film out of that? I mean, we mentioned that video games, you know, video game adaptations are not, nothing to go home about. I mean, I mean, prior to this, we had Super Mario Brothers, Street Fighter, uh, Double Dragon. So Capcom has already tried to make one of their adaptations to a film. And since Resident Evil is probably their biggest property at that point, well, it would only make sense to make a feature film out of their biggest selling games. Resident Evil, big name, why not? So Constantine Films bought the film rights for it. They went to many through many different writers to try to find the right story. One of them being George Romero himself. He wrote a screenplay. Well, the thing is about with all the screenplays that people have submitted prior to, I guess, Paul Anderson, they're all based around the mansion. And that's what, well, the first game was based around. And again, it's not that hard to make a feature film out of it. Again, you got a haunted house, you got zombies, you got puzzles, secret experiments, corporate conspiracies, a big final boss shutout, and escaping out of the mansion before it explodes. How hard can that be? <laughs> we're not we're, we're not making Godfather here, guys. It's just, I mean, it's a very simple formula. Yeah, is it original? No, but it worked for Resident Evil. It was it was the mystery of not knowing what you were gonna walk into the next room when it came to the mansion. There are zombies. Okay, why are there zombies? Why is this guy? And then you got the hunter. He's got all these different creatures, giant spiders. And one at a time, you, you solve all these puzzles. You go through all these doors. You try to put all the pieces together. So how hard could that freaking be? Yeah, Instead, very hard. it must be very hard because Constantine Films was not interested in any of this. Paul Anderson, prior to this, he made Event Horizon, which I would say he accidentally made a good movie with that movie. And he did Mortal Kombat. I know I'm, me and Monoxa have mentioned in the past that uh, Paul Anderson's biggest regret was not staying involved in the Mortal Kombat franchise. So the next franchise he was going to be a part of, he was going to make sure he was on in, in every meeting from beginning to end, no matter how. <laughs> I mean, you could have fooled me. Wow. I mean, you, you, you give him that determination. God damn. So Paul Anderson submits his little story he wrote um, completely different from the game. But it was good enough for costume films. It was good enough for Capcom. And we got a movie, uh, quotations, Resident Evil. Came out in 2002. Written directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. W.S. as in Worthless. It stars his future wife, Mila Djokovich, as Alice. And none of the original characters from the first game are in this movie. Hell, not even the fucking setting of the Haunted Mansion is in this movie. Hey, it, it, there's like a room in there. Oh, there's, there's like a room and a bathroom, okay. <laughs> Not a bathroom in the game. 
Can I ask, what was this? That's my, that's my famous line from movies I don't understand. What was this? <laughs> well, as we mentioned, the game, the first game, is about um, star, they're called stars. They're basically like a special police force. They were sent out to uh, investigate a murder that was happening up in the hills. Once they get there, they get attacked by rapid, mutated-looking dogs. And then they all run, try to run away from these dogs, and they all run into the mansion, and that's basically where the game begins. One at a time, it was you, it was Wesker, it was Barry. You could play either as Chris Redfield or Jill Valentine. In the movie, none of those characters exist. No. Alice was completely made up out of Paul Anderson's mind, and this whole and thing about the mansion is non-existent. Instead, instead, it was a building. You're in an office office building, even though when they explore this uh, in the movie, when they explore the building, you don't see any really offices. You just see stage uh, back rooms and whatever, but... Well, it's, it's, a, it's a lab. A lab. Secret lab. So, basically, uh, the movie, Alice wakes up naked in her shower, of course. She's a pretty uh-huh. girl. Gotta get her out of her clothes. <laughs> no, wonder, no wonder Paul fell in love with her. Yeah, literally. Uh, she she can't remember how she got there, what was happening. Before you know it, these seek uh, these uh, almost like cops are these people breaking through her house. They lock her up, and then they explain that um this building, uh, which is owned by Umbrella, you know, evil corporation, has been locked down. They don't know why, so they're there to investigate. But they only have an hour and a half or two hours to do it before it really locks down. Apparently. So, the lockdown that locked all the workers in is kind of a temporary lockdown, or it's like a sort of lockdown, until the real lockdown begins, if, you know, if they don't get out in time. Fuck me. <laughs> so, and then we, we're introduced to our supporting characters. You got Computer Nerd Guy, Big Bossy Guy, and uh, Angry Michelle Rodriguez. And a bunch of... Uh... A bunch of extras I probably won't, I don't, aren't going to make it an hour to the movie. Yeah, they're like they're like the putties in Power Rangers. They're all interchangeable. Like you can literally switch the names and faces. Except there was one guy in particular. He was the big tall guy who looked like he was going to be the leader of the group, and then he just gets killed halfway in. Yeah. Uh, JP, JD, JP, something like that. Uh, who cares? Um, <laughs> can, can I? I I I don't know how to articulately put it. Okay. All right. We've established. We've established. We would prefer for them to stick to the material from the games. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a rant more for Anto. She wants to. Whatever. That's not mm-hmm. my rant because I didn't play the first Resident Evil. Although, uh, based on how you describe the games, I would like to try them. Although, I would like to try the remastered versions because I think you told me the remastered versions are way better way smoother they haven't remade the first game though no so it's just well, two no, three no they, they remastered the first game well they remastered but they didn't remake it like they did two and three anyways point but it's on the ps store if you ever want to play it we would prefer you stick to the material because that's the fan service the fan services they want to go see that they're the creation that they fell in love with come onto the big screen and in because it's already good, especially to that audience, because it's made a lot of money. Nine times out of ten, the people who don't even know any better from the story, or that don't know the story from the games, are going to enjoy it anyways. 
So you're going to have two happy audiences regardless. They're going to be whiners, sure. There's always going to be a Karen here and there. But you satisfy two audiences for the most part. However, that being said, if you still want to deviate away, but you still create a good story, fine. We liked Mortal Kombat 1995. It was a fine movie. It had flaws, but it was fine. I loved it despite the changes. Some changes I still don't forgive, but hey, that's, that's neither here nor there. Now, as you said, uh, the main character from the first game were Jill Valentine and uh, Chris Redfield. Yes. Uh, brother, I believe. It's Claire's older brother, yes. Yes. So those are the two main characters. All right. You decide not only are you going to not have those two as the main characters, you're not going to have any characters whatsoever. Albert Wesker's not even going to be the villain in this film. It's going to be, what was her name? The Red Queen? Yeah. All right. Forget her. But your main protagonist is going to be Mila Jovovich as Alice. <sighs> I don't know if it's the writing. I don't know if it's the direction or the, the directing the film. I don't know if it's Mila Jovovich herself. I don't know if it's somebody telling Mila Jovovich how they want this character to be executed. But Alice as a character, to me, fucking sucks. Is probably one of the worst protagonists I've ever seen in a video game movie. She does not intrigue me. She does not interest me. She doesn't evolve properly for me, especially in this film. She's no... Um, if you want a real badass female main character, I mean, it's, it's cliche to bring her up, but she is one of the best. Beatrix Kiddo in Kill Bill, played by Uma Thurman. You want a badass? There you go. There's your badass right there. This is not a badass. This is just some um, fucking, uh, what do they call it? Damsel in distress blonde that just somehow can kick Nemesis's ass. We'll get to that. You, I tell, don't, you didn't like the part when she walked on, ran on the wall and, and roundhouse <laughs> the dog? I don't particularly think that there was a lot of enjoyment coming through my body at that point in time. There was a lot of uh, number two coming out of me at that time in the wrong way, but that's neither here nor there. All I'm saying is that if you're going to have a protagonist, make it somebody that I care about and that I like or that I have some sort of support over. Seems like a lot of people don't know how to make a good good guy. People know how to make great bad guys, but not good good guys. In this movie, ugh. well, there was no real bad guy. There was one, well, two, uh, Red Queen and the dipshit husband that she had. Yeah, that 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 dude just count Wesker was the dipshit husband. <laughs> that was Albert Wesker. That was meant to be this this evil. Okay, all right, cool. No, that's not Albert yeah, Wesker. That wasn't him. That's that's the discount version of him. Oh, even better. No, that that's the Wish version. Okay, there's there's eBay or Etsy. That's that's Albert Wesker, and then this is Wish. <laughs> is in I wish this movie was never made and this character didn't exist. Well, what, what doesn't make sense to me is that, okay, this Red Queen, she's basically almost like a god in this office building. Like, and obviously this building is owned by uh, Umbrella. Umbrella can't, like, email this Red Queen? <laughs> hey, what's going on? <laughs> Why well, is this locked down? Why it, gotta... Isn't everybody dead, though? No. This is just a lab. This is just Umbrella's a lab. Umbrella's, like, is, a huge corporation. This is corporation. headquarters. Dude, it's like six movies later and Umbrella's still alive. Like, every single person. Just you wait. 
Literally, just wait. Just wait, because it gets more ridiculous. Like, it gets oh. so much worse, dude. It gets so much worse. I, I, I'll spoil it for everybody, okay? I've only seen the first two films. Because the second film, when I first watched it, I didn't initially hate it at the time. I don't remember if I saw it in theaters. Did I see it in theaters? I, I may have. I, I'm not sure. I didn't initially hate it at the time. Because you got to understand, I was when did that movie come out? 2004? 2005? Probably. Four or five around yeah. then. All right, so yeah, that that would have been the years where I was just like, okay, as long as I see a bunch of bodies flying around and, and a bunch of violence, that was cool with me. And I wasn't emo- again. I'm not, I don't know the games all that well, so it didn't hit me one way or the other. I did see it again, and knowing from other people, hearing their stories about how they played Resident Evil Nemesis and how hard he was, and then to see. Alice, this blonde damsel in distress, this peach-looking motherfucker being able to beat him. Okay. Now we're... Okay. This first movie is supposed to be our introduction to this long-ass story. First off, was there ever a goal to make six movies? I don't think so. I I really don't think so. I don't think so either. I agree. Um, the budget for this was $33 and it made back over $100 million. $102.4 to be exact. It did? Yeah, so this, I think even the studio was surprised how well this did. You poor suckers, handing (laughs) over your money to these money-grubbing corporate elitists who think they know. I'm talking about you too, Capcom. You're guilty of this. Yes. Um, Uh, Where do we go? I didn't like how the zombies looked in this movie. I thought they were too plain. Uh, I love the special effects for um, the liquor. Uh, just fascinating CGI. It's great. <laughs> By the way, I'm an oxide. The liquor doesn't get introduced into the uh, second Resident Evil game, but this was yeah. your big, your big, I guess, evil baddie in this film. So the evil liquor gets an appearance in the first game, but we can't get Chris. We can't get Jill. Albert I West. have to ask, like uh, Travis, since you. It seems like you did some research into the pre-production of the film. Like, was it a rights issue? Like, maybe they didn't give him the rights to, like, the characters, but just, like, the name, the brand? No, it was not a rights issue at all. At least, I don't think so, because, I mean, when everyone submitted their scripts, it all, all the scripts revolved around the mansion. Well, yeah, it could revolve around the mansion, but with different characters. characters. Yeah, including the Romero version. So I so I would think that Capcom gave them the blessing to use the original characters or not, but I don't think Capcom really gave a shit because they just wanted to make money. Well, but they're, I'm going to get to two questions. One, who's the dumb fuck, I guess it was Paul, that decided that it had to be in a lab? And secondly, who was the dumb fuck that said, hmm, the first Resident Evil game is set in a mansion. All these script writers seem to do their homework and try to uh, put this first story into a mansion but let's go with the fucking lab i'm sure the fans will not even notice now there is now there is a lab in the in the first game too once you go in the basement of the mansion after everything else the history of the mansion in the film and the history of the mansion in the games is the same it's a mansion built up like made just to hide the secret lab i see See, and you do go to the lab in the Resident Evil games. Resident Evil well, games always have like a main building level, a sewers level, and a lab level. 
So what was the main focus of Resident? Like, like if you had to say out of all those three, where was most of the core? I think, I think you spend most time in the mansion. In the mansion. Okay. Yeah. In the movie, they didn't spend most of their time in the mansion. They spent their time in the lab. Somebody didn't do their homework or somebody didn't give a fuck. I'd say both. They didn't do their homework and didn't give a fuck. This is what's crazy to me because Paul Anderson, unfortunately, you had to give him worthless. WS, I thought would have. I thought you were going to go with worthless scumbag, but that works too. I don't think he. I'm fifty fifty with him now, because the Mortal Kombat movie is still something I can watch to this day, twenty something years later, and still enjoy. Is it hokey? Yeah, it gave most of the fan service, not all. Thing is, he didn't write Mortal Kombat. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Resident, Resident Evil was the first film he wrote. All right, then he's a worthless scumbag. Fuck him. All right. <laughs> um, no, you're not. Okay, I, I listen. Mortal Kombat was great. You directed it fine. Whatever. I can't speak as a person who loves this game. I could just speak as somebody who watched this movie and was just dumbfounded at how uneventful it was. Because there was a lot of tropes that he he completely just threw out the fucking window. Like, for example, he I know Quentin Tarantino kind of does this too, where he will set up a movie. I'll give you an example. True Romance. There's a character named Drexel Spivey, played by Gary Oldman. When you first see him, he's only in the movie for like 10 minutes. But when you first see him, you get the notion based on how the movie is presented and how it's directed. He's going to be the main villain of the whole film. And Christian Slater's character and him are going to go back and forth for however long this film was. Like an hour and 45 minutes, I think. 40 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Except he gets killed right off, throwing you completely off the loop. Like, what? He was supposed to be the main villain. Then uh, James Gandolfini comes into play, and he's a character that's going to be essential. Uh, then what's-his-face? Uh, Christopher Walken comes in. You think he's going to be the main villain, and he sort of is, but he's only in one scene where uh, him and the, uh, this other guy talk about the Sicilians and the Italians and all that. It's not uncommon to throw that out the window. But, like, the one that I mentioned earlier that just didn't seem right was one of the cops. I think you just mentioned his name earlier. He seemed like a guy that was, even if he was going to die, he was going to be, like, one of the last people to die because he was the leader. He was the he was the guy of mental reason for his mm-hmm. team. He was going to lead them to the, to the exit, the, the, the path of exit. And he gets killed, like halfway through the movie and i'm not exaggerating when i'm saying that if this movie was like 90 minutes he got killed like 35 minutes into the film yeah so it's like what was what was the point of me looking at him as a leader when he just got sliced up by a a contraption making him look like a big dork because the leader is supposed to be the smart one okay maybe he'll die at the end whether it be valiantly like um, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn in uh, Star Wars Episode 1 but he didn't even die like that he died in such a fucking erroneous trap This that killed like the main trope for me at least they, they didn't even mourn over his death or any of, the, or any of their team no like 70% of their team just died mm-hmm. yeah and, 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 and alright we in the wrestling community have this term called the Vince Russo swerve. 
What a Vince, Vince Russo swerve is, it's a swerve that makes little to no sense. It's just there just to swerve you. There's no... no, no yeah, it, it doesn't matter what the swerve is. As long as you didn't expect it, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. Mm -hmm. And I felt like... Alice's husband being the guy that 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 caused the like what that was that was your swerve the swerve was apparently he was the one that threw this this virus that was contained and it broke out and please explain it to me maybe I missed it because I have an ADD brain did he ever explain why he did that Oh, I think he was like he'd uh, sold the virus and like they were gonna run away together. Like, he thought that they would just run away together with a shit ton of money and be happy forever somewhere else away from Umbrella. Who's they? Him and Alice? Him and Alice, yeah. But he threw that because Alice was working um, working with another girl who works at the uh, the lab, and they were going to conspire and try to expose Umbrella for what they really were. Yeah, yeah. He, he heard about it and then basically threw that virus to stop them at their tracks. <sighs> okay. I, I didn't like it. I thought it was stupid. It was like, okay, so that's your swerve. And then he just gets killed off anyways. Like, I, not... I, he gets killed off by... What, what was that thing that you a said? A liquor. A liquor. Yeah, yeah. The, the liquor fucking licked balls in this fucking film as well. <laughs> Come on. I, I don't know how the liquor is in the game. I'm assuming he's much cooler and much harder. Yeah, no, scary. I mean, yeah, they're scary. I mean, they look pretty much the same. The look is exactly the same, but... Um, do you kill it by uh, nailing it onto a train by its no, tongue? No, and then no, 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 no. They, they, they're fucking bullet sponges. They, like, it takes a long thing, like, to kill it. I, when I played Resident Evil 2, I am a shitty gamer, so I played it in the easiest level. And I, you could, since they're blind, you could just walk by them. So that's what I did. In the movie, they never explained that they were blind. I think they were just, ah, oh, here's a big liquor. Here's a big monster that I saw in yeah, the Yeah, I think, I think they sort of explain it in the second film, like during the church scene. Mm-hmm. I think they might mention it there. Bob, what did you think of this film? Because, like you, I saw this movie first before I played the games. This was my first exposure to Resident Evil. And probably is, unfortunately, for a lot of people. Yeah, so, um, here's my thing. Like, the movies, like you said, were my first exposure to the Resident Evil franchise. Um, and while, of course, like, I always, like, appreciated how terrible they were, like, I still, like, they're, like, fun things to watch when I used to watch them. Like, they weren't, especially, like, the beginning, like, the first three films, they're not, like, they're terrible, but it gets so much worse that they're not that bad. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. It's like it's like when Star Wars, like when you thought the prequels were the worst things, and then the Disney trilogy came out, and you're like, okay, the prequels aren't that bad. It's the same yeah. thing. I never thought the prequels were bad. Never. They are. I was. I never. <laughs> I I enjoyed the prequels. I I, I I liked Episode Three. I saw that. That was the only Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. I had a blast seeing that movie. <laughs> two episode was probably. Three, but eight. Episode One and Two. Uh, I mean. Where you spend like forty minutes in a freaking race? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and they've always been like they're my guilty pleasure. 
I will say, like, if I ever do a rewatch or whenever I've done rewatches in the past, I never watch one. I never watch this film because this film is very forgettable. I feel like uh, Apocalypse number two and uh, number three, which I can't remember if it's Extinction or Afterlife, they're much better. And the one that I never watch also is number five. We will get to that. That is the worst film in the entire franchise. So, like, a lot of the parts, like, I I didn't really remember. Like, it's still bad. Like, especially now I'm watching it with, like, a whole new, like, like, I haven't watched this film since I was a kid. So, like, it's a very different standards that I have now from when I was a kid. Um, and especially now having played a few of the games and having actually gotten to know the characters from the games, the characters from the universe, which are perfectly well-written characters who could have most definitely been in the film, and it probably would have been even more successful because fans would go just to see the characters. Even if the movie, like, the, even if they didn't like it, they'd at least see their favorite characters. And the characters do show up in, like, the future, but they're always, like, side characters. I think the character that makes the most appearances is Claire, um, and she becomes, like, quite an important character by the end of it, but that's it. But at the end, they all still take a backseat to Alice. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. The thing is, like, this Alice takes a backseat to the Alice from, like, episode six. Because what you don't understand, Monoxide, and people who don't, aren't familiar with this, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, the whole story changes. Like, the whole backstory for Alice completely changes by the final film. It's like this, it's, no, like, it's like, it's as if, like, you're watching, uh, as, like, since I've used Star Wars, since, like, you're watching Star Wars, and then by episode six, they're actually telling you, oh, actually, uh, Darth Vader's not your father. He's just some dude. Like, they just completely go back on their word and invent, like, a whole new story for the character and for the T-Virus and for everything. And these is, this is all made by the same person. I don't understand why he did that. This is like Halloween vibes where they constantly like keep going back and saying, yeah. okay, yeah. this next yeah. movie, H- H2O completely erases the Thorn trilogy. Then you had Resurrection. Oh, Rob Zombie takes over. We'll just remake the first two films. Okay. At, he least, at least those, like, you can sort of explain it away because they're made by different people. This is the same person writing each script. Yeah. He is like contradicting himself. And no one else. Uh, yeah. So, Hence why I said earlier, Vince Russo swerved. <laughs> he really, he really studied Vince Russo here. But anyways, I mean, the film is terrible, but it, like, the whole franchise, like, holds, like, a, like, a, it's my guilty pleasure. Like, I'll always love it just because it introduced me to the franchise. And I really, really love Resident Evil, even if I haven't played all of the games. That's just because I'm a terrible gamer. Like, I suck. But yeah, and especially like, I think they really fucked up not including any of the characters. Like, I think that was the probably their biggest mistake, just making up new characters and 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 not making them up well. Because if they were good characters, maybe I would understand it. But they're not. Like you said, like Alice, especially in this film, like just doesn't have like anything. She's just there and the plot is like taking her places but she's not driving the plot forward at all um which does 
I, I don't know if it changes, but she does get better, I feel like, in other films. Even if it kind of contradicts himself in the second film, where, like, she, in the middle of the apocalypse, she shows up and is a huge badass. But in this film, it ends with the apocalypse already happened, and she's waking up and not sure where she is. But anyways... Well, it's a good thing that they had a newspaper that said the dead walks. I mean, obviously, that's a nod to Romero, but I don't know how they had a time to make a newspaper in the middle of an apocalypse. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but, yeah. But, like, you know like what I'm talking about. Like, in, in Apocalypse, it's the night before she wakes up. Because mm-hmm. it's when everything's going to shit. Yeah. But then she shows up that night in that film and is a total badass with a bike. Oh, she's got, yeah, she's got a motorcycle ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, and guns. Like, how did that happen? I, 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 I'm going to save my rant for the second movie when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. Have, are we going to have you on there as well? Like, butchering? Oh, I'll be on all of the ones that you do. Okay. Because uh, I haven't seen the second movie in quite a while. So it'll be a refresher to see it. Um, that being said, I, I do. I mean, uh, it's good to know that you you have fondness for this movie because it introduced you to the franchise. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately do not have that luxury when it comes to <laughs> Tekken. I played the games first. I studied. Oh, okay. I studied the story quite vigorously throughout the years, specifically the first five games still kind of like trying to absorb the knowledge of six and seven uh it's a little bit confusing because now they just added a bunch of different elements but when yeah. i saw tekken movie i'm not sure if you listened to our review of tekken but i was uncontrollable throughout that whole entire review just talking about the inconsistencies between the movie and the game mm-hmm. because resident evil all right we, we've already discussed the whole idea of, yeah, it should make more uh, fan service to the uh, the people who are going to go and watch this because they're fans of the games by trying to put in elements from the game into the movie. Mm-hmm. But if, if you were to change the title of this movie, it probably, probably nobody would think anything different. You could change name to i don't know zombie apocalypse and change the name of umbrella company to i don't know uh raincoat company i don't <laughs> fucking point is is that it, i don't think anybody would have thought anything different if you just swapped some names it could have been its yeah. own zombie apocalypse film yeah you couldn't do that with the tekken movie they literally took all the characters and just decided fuck you steven and fucked all those characters up for me at least they didn't butcher in this movie, Jill Valentine, uh, Chris uh, Redfield. Well, th- I'm talking this film. Just this person. <laughs> Say not yet. <laughs> not yet. We'll get there. But they did. They my film. They fucked up Kazuya. They fucked up Heihachi. They fucked up Yoshimitsu. They fucked up Miguel. They fucked up Martial Law. They fucked up Jin Kazama. They fucked up Christy Montero. They fucked up my sanity. Fuck that. So. It's, I, I'm glad to know that you did not have to suffer the mental anguish that this dumb fuck that's talking right now has to suffer. Because <laughs> trust me, it's not a good feeling. Do you guys feel that this w- movie would have worked better if this was almost like a spinoff? Like while the mansion stuff was happening in the first game, this was happening elsewhere. I mean, if it was written better, maybe. Because the 
the problem isn't just the way it's set, it's the way it's written. You know yeah. what I mean? To me, it's just not a good film. So even if it was a spinoff, it's not a good film either way. Like, um... I did um, find a quote from Paul Anderson about why he decided to make up characters. And he oh said, if you look at the game, while the Alice character is not in the game, the archetype certainly is. There's a lot of very strong female characters that you get to play as in the game. By having a completely fresh character and telling a prequel story to the world of the video games, it gave us more drama- some more dramatic license than we would have had if we had just done a straight adaptation of one of the games. I mean, I disagree, but whatever. Um, wait, 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 wait. So... From what I gather, he created an original character. What was the quote again? He he just basically created a character to have more dramatic license. He like he also mentioned before that ha- like the reason he didn't do like a straight adaptation of the game is because like there'd be no surprise elements because people who had played the games before would know exactly where the story was going. Okay, and what about for those that haven't played the game? What about for those that are just but movie? My players? thing is that that. That idea makes no sense because if that were true, then there'd be no adaptations ever. And yeah. yet, adaptations are successful. Look at uh, Harry Potter. Look at Lord of the Rings. Look at millions of like anything that's adapted. Like everything. Like you can make it work. Yeah, you don't have to surprise the like. You don't have to actually surprise the person, an audience to act to make them feel surprised. If you know what I mean. If you set the mood correctly, the audience will still be surprised even if they know what's happening. Because well, they'll feel the tension. In the case of Harry Potter, I, I can't speak for the books. I never read the books. I've seen all the movies, though. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, there are things from the books that are not included in the movie. Not many. But yeah, they, there are, yeah. There are things that are... Like, the one thing that I know for almost for certain is that Snape, Professor Snape in the movies, is a way more redeemable character than he is in the books. So Yes, true. But, as you said, like, it, it, yeah, there, there wouldn't be any adaptions because, like, put it this way. Stephen King did a miniseries of The Shining yes, uh, with Stephen Weber because mm-hmm. he hated the Jack Nicholson version. Mm-hmm. And I, I never read The Shining book. I've seen that miniseries. So I'm assuming because Stephen King was hands-on with it, it's pretty much in tune with what he wrote in the novel. All right? Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of Stephen King, and you're watching this mini series, regardless if you already know what's going to happen because you read it in the book, chances are you're still going to be thoroughly enthralled with what you're seeing because you're, the the stuff that you imagined when you read that book is coming via the screen into your yeah. eyes. Like you're seeing it coming full force. And as we mentioned, people who haven't read the book, they're going to get shocked regardless. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, if he would have just came out and called this a prequel, if it would have said Resident Evil and had some sort of like tagline to to give you the indication it was a prequel, that'd be one thing. But clearly he didn't do that. He he sold it that this was a Resident Evil film and made a completely different film than what was introduced in that first game. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I I just think that he wanted to give his girlfriend slash wife a job. All right, he followed the Rob Zombie Sherry Moon 
fiasco and realized, wait a minute, jo- Mila Jovovich is blonde. We can't make her Jill Valentine because she ain't blonde. Can't make her Claire Re- uh, Claire because she ain't blonde. Might as well just make a new character. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. That's it's his way of saying I don't play the games. I don't care for the games. But this is a this name is very big. Let's just cash off the name. Let's throw out the name. Let's fucking make six. Oh shit! This was a hit. Let's make five more. Apparently, I mean, the same production company, Constant Film, is doing the new film. Yeah, they own the film rights to the Resident Evil. But this one will include the characters. Don't worry, we're we're gonna stay true this time. Yeah. We mean it. Lord help us all. Everybody here. I, I, I don't know. So... I'm reading here that the reason they shot down Romero's idea, even though they liked it, was that it was because it would have to receive an NC-17 rating. Why? Well, Romero, if you've seen any of his past films, they're pretty gory. Yeah? Were they rated NC-17? I don't think so. No, they're rated R. Okay. So Romero has <laughs> proven that he can make movies that are gory enough but not too gory to where they have to be rated NC-17. I think he had a reputation at this point that he could do fine. Yeah. I just I just think they I, I, I don't let me let me preface this by saying this is an assumption. I'm making an ass out of you and me. George Romero is an established name at this point. I don't think they wanted to fork over the money that it would cost to get George Romero onto the project. Yeah, he's a name. It's not like he's an expensive guy to hire. I just think this is them trying to cut corners. Possibly. I don't I mean, know. I mean, you're, you're not hiring Steven Spielberg. I mean, I'm not, like, discrediting George Romero. I mean, George Romero is theoretically a bigger name than Paul W.S. Anderson. Yes. George Romero was, would you say he's the godfather of zombie films? Of course. So there you go. He's the godfather of zombie films. He could have done you wonders for this film. Why? I don't know. I don't know what he's asking. I don't know how that works. I don't know, like, how the business relationship works between parties. That could be my only assumption as to why they didn't get George Romero on board. Because it, it just seems like a no-brainer. You have a zombie film based off a video game. Why not get the guy that basically revolutionized the zombie genre? In George Romero, why why would you pass up on that? Like revolutionized it, invented it. I mean, think about that. Resident Evil directed by George Romero. You got the horror community and you got the video game community. And you got the move a regular movie mainstream streamer going. I don't know. And, and those gamers want to see a live adaptation of what they play so they can show everyone else, hey, this game is awesome. Why? Watch the movie. Yeah. Well, they're gonna do it now. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, they've done it. They've done it all right. Five times they flipped off the Resident Evil fans. Yeah, and uh, yeah, um, it just—it's harder and harder. <laughs> yeah, it really don't does get harder. To the res to the Resident Evil community, you have my blessings. I know. Where you're- <laughs> the only thing is, my franchise only flipped me off twice. You got flipped off six times. Six times. Where's the voice clip of fucking, uh, what's his name? Dr. Loomis saying, I shot him six times. He's not <laughs> human. They, they are fucking with you right now. Keep in mind, you got fucked by this. You said it was the same person involved with this? Oh, you yes. got fucking. Paul W.S. Anderson wrote and directed all six films. Oh, my God. 
Oh, he, he didn't direct all six. He wrote all six. One he of didn't them, direct he had, all of them? No, he passed. He had to skip one of them because he was directing Alien vs. Predator. Oh, okay. Well, all five then. Yeah, but he went, oh, well, he still did fuck us all six times. He, he still wrote them, so. It's yeah. still, still rape. <laughs> yeah, while he's going off yeah, directing Alien vs. Predator, he's writing Resident Evil fans versus his stupid fantasies. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. All I could say is that this film in particular is just not enjoyable. You want bloody dogs chasing Alice all around where she's doing roundhouse kicks off the wall. You want Eric Mobius having his arm mutating because he got scratched. Does that happen in the game where the, the liquor scratches you and you become mutated? I don't think that Nem- I don't remember uh, Resident Evil 3. I really don't. It's been... I. I didn't even play it. I watched someone play it uh, during quarantine. But I don't remember if Nemesis ever gets a human counterpart. Oh, no. no I think it was always cool. just Nemesis. You sad, sad little man. Oh, I will say, I mean, this is for the next one, but I will say I did like Nemesis' look. I Yes, I agree. Like, his design, I think, was pretty cool. But that we can mention the next time because he's not even in this film. I just think like nothing really happens in this film. Like this film could have been like a half hour long. Yeah, this was like uh, planting seeds in a way. Just yeah. And the next one, it's it, like a lot more happens, and I think the next one is a lot better. I personally like it a lot better. Here's another thing I didn't get about those film. Okay, mm-hmm. another trope that just really irked me. Mm-hmm. And and it could be it, it could be minor to you guys, but it hurts me for some reason. There's a scene where one of the guys, I guess it was a cop. He's one of those fucking uh, putties. I, I call him putties from Power Rangers because he's so nameless. He's on a pipe, and all the the zombies are like trying to get at him, but they can't reach him. Yeah. And he basically tells the gang, "Go, whatever." He basically mm-hmm. has given up. He's got one bullet in the fucking chamber, and he puts the gun to his mouth. They cut the mm-hmm. camera away, making it seem like he killed himself. But no, he just killed a fucking zombie, just teasing that he killed himself. Like, why? What's the point of teasing us about that? Especially since later on, he just gets killed by that that liquor. That what's that Pokemon? They needed him. That's that was a whole plot device. I think that was just plot device. Like, they needed. A person left behind so that they could have the surprise of whenever they're locked up in that room and the liquor's about to get them, someone else to open the door and free them and start the train. Someone who knew how the train worked. They needed that. And I think they just, they wanted to portray these characters as really good characters who would never leave someone behind. So they were like, all right, we're going to make it seem like they think he's dead. I think that was all just plot device. Whether it was executed well, that's a whole different discussion. No, I think that not. was the reason behind it. That was not executed well because that just confused the fuck out of me completely. <laughs> I am not like so. You needed a plot device, a plot device to swerve who now zombies, so that zombies who who can't think anymore, they don't have the ability to think. So swerving them is. I mean, the only, I mean, I guess you can swerve them. Like, if you throw, like, a body arm there and then they go chase after and then yeah. you have a chance to 
way, I guess. But in this case, like, he just shot a zombie in the face, only killing one of them. You still had all these other ones that are getting... I don't think he intended, like, I think he really intended to kill himself, and then he was like, I can't do this, like, I, I, I cannot pull the trigger on myself, so he just shot the thing that was closest to him, and then ran away as fast as he could, which is really fast, because he was wounded. It wasn't needed. I think it was supposed to be an emotional thing, but because the there's, plot really, literally, there's plot just really literally works. no emotional connection between the audience and the characters, because it's just not there. This yeah, is not a movie that you watch for emotion. It's, it's just not. You can create a you can zombie. Create, I just don't think it's been done. Especially here. Especially yeah, here. yeah, I mean here. Because he's... To me, this guy was like... First off, he... He's like one of the last four to survive. He, he dies shortly before Michelle Rodriguez's character dies. Because mm -hmm. he gets taken by the liquor. This, this, mm -hmm. Whatever that thing is. What he again? He reminds me of that Pokemon with the fucking long ass tongue. I can't remember his name. Um. Anyways, so it's just like, why should I feel for? I mean, I guess because he's in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Well, stereotypes. He's computer nerdy guy. Yeah. It. Oh, okay. I, I know plenty of those people that have more personality <laughs> than this fucking. Banana. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, no one's arguing that. I just okay. I will say like there's many things about this film that bothered me, but when the Red Queen says a bite or a scratch or even a scratch of these creatures will turn you into one of them, and the camera focuses on Michelle Rodriguez, who has been bitten like five times already, there's nothing there. No one reacts. You've literally been told that you're doomed, and there's no reaction whatsoever. Now, could it be because they're cops and they're supposed to keep a composure? But then she gets emotional about it. I would believe that if she never broke, but then she gets emotional about it. And she tries to, like, sacrifice herself because she's like, I'm doomed anyway, so just, like, whatever. Like, then they make a plot, like, then they focus on that arc, but not in that moment. Well, was it when she was really sick? When she was no, like... No, it was before that. It was like huh. the first interaction that they had with the Red Queen where the Red Queen explains everything, like everything that she did and like all, like... Right. When the mystery gets that. revealed, I guess, of like what happened exactly. And then she says, like, these creatures are infectious. Even a scratch will, like, turn you into one of them. And they make a point. They, like, the camera goes and shows um, Michelle Rodriguez's hand, which is bandaged. Right. And then for a split second, it goes into Michelle Rodriguez's face. And there's no reaction. I think the least they could have done is like a look between Alice and Michelle Rodriguez. Because that is a relationship that is later used. Whenever like she tells him, like, you have to be the one to kill me if I do turn. Well, uh, Mila was never really what I would call a good dramatic actress. Yeah, true. That's true. And not only that, but I think their logic... Not that there is any in this fucking film. But I think their logic was they wanted to keep Michelle a badass in a way. So making her look vulnerable... You can make you can make a badass have vulnerable moments. Like, you can totally make that. And no one will think less of them. You can totally here, make that happen. 
here's the thing. We're talking about Paul W.S. Anderson. Okay, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> He's thinking the way of no emotion. This woman's got to have no fear. But, okay? then, but then she gets scared. Twice. Listen, I, as I said, there's no <laughs> logic in this film, so I, 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 I'm not... <laughs> listen, I, I finished this film saying to myself, the same question that I started this review with. What was this? <laughs> what was this? I don't know. I don't know what I saw. Uh, all right, hold up. If there's one thing that I do like about this film, I do like, maybe you'll agree, maybe you disagree with me, that fucking theme song is kick-ass. Marilyn, Marilyn Manson, I believe, did the score. That that theme song that starts off the movie is yeah. fucking awesome. I, I if, if, if they would have put... You know what? Marilyn Manson doing work on, on music, I would have said have Marilyn Manson take control of this film, but we had another industrial music artist do film in Rob Zombie, and he fucked everything up, so maybe <laughs> it's not a good idea. But I think if Marilyn Manson, because he put so much great work into that theme song, would have put that same amount of work into doing the movie, he would have given it to him, I think he would have had something solid. Maybe not something perfect, because again, I don't know Marilyn Manson's taste in video games or in Resident Evil, but I think he could have done a way better job than what did you call him, Travis? Worthless scumbag Anderson? Yeah. Oh, I put my hands in the air on that one. Of uh, any final thoughts? I think I've said all of them. Like, see this film if you're a sadomasochist. I don't know. If you like to see some, if you're really bored and really love zombies so much so that you kind of like don't respect them. Um, and it's, not, it's not a good adaptation. I, it's not really even yeah. a good zombie movie. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, there's only one zombie movie that was from a video game that was turned into a movie that you can argue was worse than this, and that's uh, House of the Dead. But there's nothing to this. As I said, the theme song is super kick-ass. That is the one thing I do love about this film. But other than that, it's just like what we talked about with the the, the miniseries. You're left empty. Although there are scenes that I mostly remember from this film than I did from that episodic show that we saw on Netflix. Maybe not for the right reasons, but I did remember them nonetheless. But, yeah. Uh, it's devoid of merit, devoid of emotion, devoid of any sort of rhyme or reason, and uh, I'm devoid of mind at this point. So, don't don't see this film. I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, my partner here wants to punish me for some reason. <laughs> but I have much more of them. Why? I don't know. All just because I, I introduced him to a classic on the last episode. I don't know why that's a bad thing, but. Okay. Hey, we're all in this together. <laughs> you ever hear the old saying, every man for himself? Hey, there's no I in team. <laughs> but there is me in team. You know what's going to work? Teamwork. But Jesus I don't like crying. Obviously, you've never seen the Wonder Pets, Monoxide. Yeah, it's a wonder why I would see that movie now. <laughs> Antel, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for having me. Well, you're gonna you're gonna get comfortable being you know, in that spot because we're gonna be yeah. here while these movies. Yeah, we are. Uh, 
Well, that's going to do it for episode 48 of Fractured Skulls. I'd like to thank Otto for stopping by. Uh, this is just part one of six <laughs> of doing these Resident Evil movies. Uh, this is going to be a fun, crazy ride for good or bad or ugly because they're going to get ugly. Oh, yes. For everyone else, I'm Terminator Travis. We'll see you guys all in our next episode. $1 Patreon. Take care, guys. <laughs>